Hello and welcome to the Blue Tunes podcast, your bi-monthly look at all things wellness. My name is Taka. I am a wellness enthusiast and skeptic who's looking to be able to share some practical solutions and practical approaches to wellness. Hello everyone and welcome. My name is Nicole. I am an energy shifter and I work with people to realign their mind, body and soul and help them to come back to a state of wholeness. Thanks for that, Nicole. Um, so in this episode, I thought we would like talk about something slightly different. We've talked about boundaries and how it relates to self-care. And we've talked about how we can set boundaries for other people. But now I thought we would sort of shift gears a bit and talk about business and specifically business and how it applies to wellness and how we see ourselves within the scope of wellness. Because I think there's a lot of taboo that surrounds business ownership, business um, uh, promotion in the wellness space, as if somehow these things are intrinsically separate ideas. And yet, I don't think it has to be that way. And I don't think we have to see ourselves as either a business owner or a wellness enthusiast or a business owner or a healer. I don't think that they have to be separate things. I think there's a way that they can work together. And as long as you are being authentic and truthful and honest about what it is you are doing, I think that that's important and that's powerful. And I think that will speak for itself. But anyway, I don't want to start off by um, preaching too much, but I wanted to pose a question to you, Nicole. Um, I guess my first question would be, what would you say that you currently do? What would you currently classify as your modality of healing, your modality of wellness and the wellness space that you work in? Well, that's a really good question and uh, a question that I myself has been uh, trying to figure out now for uh, the past almost two years um, because uh, I resonate deeply with, the, with, with what you said here in, in our little introduction um, because I uh, left my life in the corporate world, um, in a very focused corporate world, to pursue a full-time job in wellness. And so what is it that I do? Well, what I would like to say that I do is I'm an energy shifter. And what does that mean? Well, what it means is I really try and help people understand what is the meaning of the mind, body, and soul, and why it is important to bring that back into a state of alignment in order for us to live a life that we are fulfilled by um, and that is really what is providing me with my main stream of income at the moment um, so really just helping people navigate their wellness journey helping people to navigate the energetic shifts that we're going through at the moment helping people to understand their path in life to figure out what is their journey and to just find and come back to a state of wholeness and fulfillment. I, think that's I hope really, that answers the question. No, it does. It totally does. Um, I think that's really, uh, it's a really powerful statement what you've just said. And it's made me think about how we define our ourselves within the space of wellness, how we define our things. And I, I like what you're saying because 
there's a sense of um, identity, there's a sense of purpose, there's a sense of pride in what you're in how you're speaking about what it is that you do. And I find that really remarkable and I find that really powerful because I think we, we need to do more of that where we are saying, yes, I do this. I am this kind of a person and I work within this space and this is what I'm doing and I'm happy to do it. Um, yeah, I just think that's really amazing. Um, I think for myself, I would um, say that uh, I'm still starting out. Um, I'm trying to figure out where in which my niche really fits in um, because there are many ways in which I see myself as like connecting certain dots um, mm. but I don't I don't yet have a, a set mold and I'm okay with that I'm okay with not having a set mold I have like this podcast and I get to like discuss with you some of the wonderful things and topics that we've, we've um, sort of been able to discuss so far and you know going into different wellness spaces and learning and I'm really in a space of learning from other and that to me is what is fulfilling about it and um at the same time I also I'm still part of the corporate world so there's that aspect in my mind where I still connect and I'll be like oh okay should we do this plan or should we do that plan and sometimes I notice that um I have a corporate hat on when it comes to wellness and initially I used to feel quite shy about thinking with a corporate mindset when it came to wellness but then I realized that they don't have to be super separate things they don't have to be like divided things they can mm -hmm. you can work well with each other and, and work and balance those things. Um, absolutely but, yeah <laughs> um, so the other thing I would Sorry, if you just give me a second. I'm just drinking a sip of water. Well, whilst you drink your sip of water, I'm just going to interject very quickly on something that you said. And that was about, you know, that not necessarily knowing what labels to give ourselves because I you know I have a degree in business and you know living in the corporate world is something that interests me greatly because you know business is fascinating but it isn't just because you're working in a space of wellness that we cannot be interested in the business space mm -hmm. um so it's I, I think that as we're moving into this new space mm -hmm. um it's we need to move away from the labels because in a sense the labels limit us mm -hmm. because we think, oh, well, if I now label myself as this or I label myself as that, then it means that I cannot be this and I cannot be that and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Because we've really been pushed to believe that we can only wear certain hats at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't think of, for example, a modeling scientist. You know, yeah. most people think you have to be one or the other. You couldn't possibly be both. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important to, 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 to try and, you know, live outside of the labels because just placing those labels on us really, really limits the things that we are in fact very capable of doing and the things that we are in fact already doing very well. But because the labels might not fit well, with others around us, then we might limit ourselves from seeing these potential roles and hats that we can be wearing. Oh, definitely. And I think the, the fear of um, not being authentic, I think is what um, I, I sense a lot of uh, people with working within the wellness space, fear that 
if they put on this business mindset that they're not authentic, that they're not being themselves, and it takes away from the message. Yet, I think it speaks strongly about what it is that you are doing. So maybe your identity and your space within the wellness space is a hybrid one. It's one where it, it involves aspects of business and, and it involves whatever modalities of healing that you've chosen to operate in. Um, but when you, when you, just going back a bit, um, when you think about modalities and like you're now in the space of where you've identified where you have interest in, or at least for the time being, um, what would you say to somebody who was starting out? Like, how would you, how would you identify what your passion, what passions are worth pursuing and what passions are better kept as hobbies and just your own personal interests? It's a great question. Um, I would say that now, now that I'm here and I sort of figured out where where my niche is and where I belong and what it is that I'm here to do, um, it certainly you know makes it's certainly easier. But it wasn't always super clear, and. I, you know, I, I remember hearing someone say sometime, you know, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. And, you know, me, me being a very spiritual person, um, I truly believe in listening to the calling of our soul. And the calling of our soul is whatever it is that you love to do, that you could literally do for free for the rest of your life, that is your calling. Mm. the things that we don't think could possibly be of value to other people but something that we just love doing just because we love doing it for no other no apparent reason other than the fact that we just love doing that thing that is something worth pursuing Mm. I agree Um, I think it's and just to add and build on that um, I think it's important to identify also what you're doing for your like for yourself in, in which you're calling is so to speak and what you might be doing because um, your environment is sort of feeding that information to you you know um, I'll, I'll use like a very abstract example but if you were in an environment where um, meditation is like an up-and-coming new fad it's like a, a buzzword everybody's using it it's very easy to fall into the line of thinking, okay, should I become a meditation practitioner? Should I become a meditation um, and wellness person? But if you looked into it and if you looked at the core of it, maybe that's not really where you're at. And maybe that's not really the modality that actually keeps you going and keeps you energized. And one of the ways to really distinguish that is like you're saying, can you do this for free? Can you do this uh, for the rest of your life? Um, Can you... If you think about um, teaching this to people every single day, does it bring you joy or does it seem tedious? I think those are one of some of the ways in which you can sift through um, perhaps what is a passion worth pursuing and what is perhaps something you can keep as a hobby. Um, I I really am going to just go on a, a tangent a little bit, Nicole. But if you would kindly indulge me, I just want to add a little bit more. This please <laughs> topic. So, one of the things that I think for me is because I'm a pragmatic person, I also like to write things down. And so, when it comes to identify 
understanding what is passion but worth pursuing and what is stuff that can be better kept as a hobby I like to do a little bit of market research um so to speak I'm 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 putting my my what's this fingers in quotes um but looking around and seeing you like because you can have an interest but um how are people receiving you how are people receiving what you the message that you have to to give to share what and the message you have to to give um are you distracted or i does it take away if there is a saturation point like for example with um certain practices like pilates or yoga there are many different studios um are you distracted or by the fact that there are many different places um if if it's off putting to you that the, the that there's um that it's there's a it's a very saturated market is this something that is for you um because i tend to find that when people are passionate about something and they're engaged about something um whether or not there are five people doing it or 500 people doing it they'll still be interested in the topic um so that's another thing that you can really ask one can really ask themselves is um am i distracted by the saturation um the saturation of the market um that's such a good point if yeah. i can just interject mm-hmm. very quickly i absolutely love that you said that yeah is just to you know to let our listeners really remember that even let i'm going to give an example there are hundreds and probably thousands of yoga teachers out there yeah. but remember each individual person is putting their own individual stamp on that yoga lesson and so each yoga teacher even though they're teaching the same thing they're teaching it differently mm-hmm. so it's important you know to 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 remember that nobody can do things the way you do them because mm-hmm. we're each individual unique beings and we can all approach the exact same thing and do it in very different ways mm-hmm. so even if there is you know a little bit of fear of the saturation out there just remember that nobody out there is going to do things the way you do them so it's really important in trusting in your abilities and that you will find your niche because people will resonate with you so just wanted to enter you know i i 100% i agree with that like 100,000% because um nobody is you and i know it's such a cliche thing to say nobody is you and that's your superpower but truly that is the case um yeah. um i think when it comes to identifying for yourself what is something that you can pursue and the passion for i think when you look at yourself and you look at what you are willing to do courageously and bravely and engage in that can also steer steer you in, in the direction of what your interests and in your true interests might actually be because mm. sometimes i feel like um uh we we often get stuck in a cycle of um feeling like we must monetize all of our hobbies or all of our mm-hmm. uh, uh extracurricular activities um whereas sometimes um we can just some of them can be monetized and some of them can also be like habitual things that we just enjoy doing um yes. so it's 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 being able to discern where where you lie with each um individual activity can really help you like um sort that out but yeah write it down just write down everything and create a mind map for yourself of what you'd like your life to look like in a year's time following a certain passion following a certain thing 
how you plan to achieve it. Those things can really help um, uh, clarify what it is that you are passionate about, what it is that you perhaps are not as passionate about. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Good point. Um, and the other thing I also wanted to know um, is, this is now just me being nosy, um, do you set goals for yourself when it comes to wellness work? And do they differ from any goals that you've set before when it comes to like your professional life? You know, that's a good question. I'd never really thought about it in terms of putting goals, mm -hmm. but I guess in indirectly I do. And I guess in, in a sense, when it comes to wellness, mm -hmm. it's really more of working with intentions. Mm -hmm. So for example, why did I start a yoga practice? Well, I started um, a yoga practice because I wanted my body to feel healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so my intention was I am going to practice yoga to become more healthy. Mm -hmm. um, the same thing with why did I start a meditation practice? Well, because my mind would very often run off in a million different directions and would not give me any peace and quiet and would not really allow me to live life. Mm -hmm. um, so I set the intention of, well, how can I start to have a more quiet mind? And well, I was led to meditation. Um, when I wanted to get a better understanding of who I was and where you know, what, what my, my path was, should I say? And when I put this out there, I put the intention of having a better understanding of who I was. I was led to learn astrology, mm -hmm. um, which definitely helped me to get a much better and deeper understanding of who I am and what my path is. So yes, I guess to an extent, I do set goals for myself, but it's really more, you know, I would use the word intention here because mm -hmm. when we have intentions for our lives then you know we when we put it out into the world saying well this is the intention that I have for my for my life then generally we are helped the universe guides us and helps us to get there so you know when I decided to become that I wanted to be healthier after losing both of my parents to cancer which gave me quite a big um, health scare for myself mm -hmm. I um, you know basically started thinking you know how can I be healthier how can I be healthier and a friend of mine you know showed me a documentary which showed me about just how bad it is to eat meat um, mm -hmm. and how that was impacting my health probably more than I realized mm -hmm. so the thing is I think that when we work from a place of intention for our wellness mm -hmm. then really the universe helps us make these things happen because, you know, we really are here to, to live a life of happiness and joy and abundance, not one of lack, misery and despair. So, you know, the universe does truly love us. And I do believe that once we are set out on this path to bettering our life, then our life does get better. I, I definitely I definitely think so. And I agree with that. Um, I think that also I just would love to, I like the word intention because it in, asks you like subconsciously to investigate the reason behind why you are setting certain things into your mind and setting certain goals and why you have certain targets and beliefs. Because 
intention really puts you at the core of why am I doing this? Why am mm -hmm. I, why am I doing um, uh, X, Y, Z? Why am I waking up at six o'clock? What, what is the purpose of all of this? Um, I think for myself, I used to have very superficial goals um, mm -hmm. because I used to have goals of like, oh, I'm gonna do, um, I'm going to start exercising three or four times a week. And there was no um, real substance behind that other than, oh, I want to be fitter and I want to look cuter in a bikini. And it was a very superficial thing that I'm going to be, that's where I was at. Um, and I realized that that was not bringing me any kind of fulfillment. Um, and that was and that to actually have fulfillment, I would need to do work on myself. I would actually need to conscientiously work and build on the way that I was thinking, the way that I'm processing, understanding what the purpose is for doing certain things. So I really like what you're saying about creating intention and doing things with intention. Um, I think that, again, also, moving into uh, more in terms of the workspace, I think that when setting goals for in terms of wellness work can also be like purpose-led or intention-led, like in terms of your professional life. So mm -hmm. if you decide to for yourself, okay, I want to open, um, trying to think of something, I'm going to open a aromatherapy shop and I want to, because maybe your modality of healing is through using aromatherapy essential oils, um, but understanding why you're doing that, why you're opening your shop and not um, setting up something online, or why you're doing that, I think can definitely help you um, keep in line with what your purpose is and keep in line with what the universe wants for you. Um, so yeah, I think that intention is really, it's a really, really powerful word. Um, and this is, this is my, like, probably the favorite question. So how would you say you make, how do you make peace with the idea of wellness versus profit? Um, like, I, how do you make peace with the idea of charging for your skills, especially in the wellness space where there's sort of a taboo about discussing or dealing with money? Ah. <sighs> <laughs> and such a good question because a question that I have been battling with a lot mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's making the decision to transition into being in this space full-time was was not an easy decision because of course it's true when it comes to pricing yourself these are things that they're a bit touchy mm -hmm. um and so I've, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pushed me to do a lot of work within myself in terms of understanding my self-worth and my value. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, you know, I just started thinking about it in the same terms of this. If you're working for a company mm -hmm. and let's say you are a marketing manager for a company, for example. Mm -hmm. And there are some marketing managers out there who get paid, who probably get paid, I don't know, let's say 100,000 shillings a month. Mm -hmm. And then there are some marketing managers out there who get paid 
500,000 shillings per month, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So now at the core of it, these marketing managers are probably doing the same thing in terms of helping the company to market themselves and to get recognition and to get the products out there and to build awareness and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But say the one who's getting paid 100,000 shillings is maybe working for a company that maybe is selling amazing services, but mm -hmm. this company is run and owned by somebody who doesn't have a lot of understanding in their self-worth. Mm -hmm. They don't believe that there are people out there who would be willing to pay far more for their services, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then we have our other company over here who sells the exact same services where this marketing manager is getting paid 500,000 shillings. And why is that? Well, because the person who started this company is running this company had value in themselves and realized, Hey, you know, even though there are other companies who are selling this at X price, I'm going to go and sell the same thing at Y price mm -hmm. and they get business. Mm -hmm. Right. So at the basis of it is, well, because now it comes down to offering a service mm -hmm. and it's about how much one values the service. So let's use another example of I say, maybe I go to the hairdresser and one hairdresser says, OK, I'll charge you, I don't know, 500 shillings to cut your hair. And I'll go to another hairdresser and this person will say, OK, I'll charge you 10,000 shillings to cut your hair. Mm -hmm. Right. How do we define the difference? It's still a haircut, mm -hmm. but it's because me who's paying for the haircut, I get value mm -hmm. out of that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. I am willing to pay 10,000 shillings for a haircut because I get value in the way I look from this haircut. It mm -hmm. is worth it to mm -hmm. me. So when it comes to wellness, it's really about how much money are you willing to spend in order to improve your life? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's to me is the core of it is mm -hmm. how much value do I think people are going to get from what I'm offering? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's very hard to put a monetary value on something that is priceless. Yeah. You know, your health is priceless. Your mm -hmm. mental health is priceless. Your emotional health is priceless. But the thing is, it's only priceless to those people, to most people, it's only priceless once they become ill. But what mm -hmm. about prevention rather than cure? How much value, how much money are you willing to spend to avoid ever having to get an operation, to avoid ever having to go and see a doctor and deal with getting cancer, to mm -hmm. avoid one day being told you'll never walk again because you know you have problems with your spine to be told oh you're losing the vision in your eye how much are you willing to spend to avoid these things happening how much value is it to people and it and it's it's interesting because sometimes uh people can't see that until i mean fortunately they are faced with it but it's exactly and, um, when it comes to wellness and working in the wellness space, I think you're 100% right. I think it's about also you as an individual, what you value your service as and unpacking, exactly. unpacking what it is that you believe your service is worth um, and why you feel like you're asking too much or you're asking um, or why is this too much or too little or why is this the right price? So um, is it a thing where, for example, you are, 
marketing to the wrong people. You're marketing to people who have no interest in that. And so maybe mm-hmm. it isn't a thing of, of whether or not it's not your not pricing wrong, but you're you're asking the wrong people. You're asking, um, you know, it's it's like um, asking people if I don't know. I can't think of anything a good example right now. But you're asking the wrong <laughs> the wrong group of people for the wrong thing. So if if you're asking people who are right-handed to to start writing with their left hand, they they can't do it. Um, And it doesn't mean that they're incapable or it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with like the pens you might be selling, but you're asking the wrong people the wrong thing. So a a lot of it is unpacking what your self-worth is, whether or not you're asking the right people for the right thing and whether or not like, whether or not you're, you're, how you're presenting yourself. Because, you know, you, you spoke about the example of the hairdresser, 500 to 10,000 shillings and that example. And a lot of it might come even just in presentation. So the Absolutely. person who's selling the haircut at 10,000 shillings believes and believes that that service is worth 10,000 shillings. And as a result of it, you believe it too. You believe that um, this haircut is worth 10,000 shillings. Whereas if you were to look at them maybe in photos um, side by side, the 500 shillings and the 10,000 shillings don't look hugely different. But the person who's done the 10,000 shillings really believes in what they are selling. And they really really believe that this is the haircut for for you. They really have, and they've set in, they've set, again, going back to what you're saying, they've set an intention of, my service is worth this. I want to. I want to provide this, and they curate a world around it to support what they believe. So when you exactly. believe in what you you're doing, you will curate a world to support what you believe. So if you believe a service is worth ten thousand, guess what? You're gonna find people who want to pay ten thousand, who believe in that, who have who support your whole vision. So definitely, I. I agree with it in what you're saying in terms of self-worth. I think it really, really does play a part in um, pricing and how you associate and identify pricing with wellness and all of that stuff. Um, the last thing probably I, w- I would love to ask is what advice would you give to anyone who is just starting out in their business um, and trying to build their business and trying to just, um, build their career in I would say first of all don't don't share it with everybody around you because you know when things things that make sense to you might not make sense to anybody else but they make sense to you because it's it's your life and nobody else's life and so the thing is I just want to keep going back to self-worth and to believing in yourself because the thing is, at the end of the day, look at any look at any company out there that is successful today. The only reason that company is successful is because, I mean, let's let's use Apple for you know for an example. Apple became Apple because Steve Jobs, you know, every single day, no matter what, he just even when everybody said no, this makes no sense, no, you will fail, no, it will never work, he just kept on going perseverance every single day he got up and he showed up because he was like you know what this is 
this is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm here to build. So the thing is, if you're not ready to commit to this passion, if you're not willing to wake up every single day and say, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to dedicate at least 10 minutes to this thing, then just, I'm not going to say don't bother, but these things are not easy if we don't commit to them. Because the only thing that makes something successful is by showing up every single day. And this is why at the beginning of this podcast, I said, it's important to follow whatever it is that you could, that you feel your heart calling you to do something that you could do every single day for free, because it is something that you love. So if your passion is to help others, or, you know, to to find more wellness in their life, and if you feel like you could wake up every single day and do that, then do it. If, you know, if it's a business in any other field and you're just, you know, fearful of, you know, am I going to make it? You have to believe in yourself because only you have the capacity to make it happen. Oh, definitely. That's really powerful. Um, I would even just add to that and to support what you're saying is um, my piece of advice is don't confuse ease for effort. Um, a lot of the time people get caught up in what, in, in the ease of something and it looking easy. And if, if it doesn't look easy, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to get involved. But like everything that you do requires effort. Every, every business venture, every activity you do requires a degree of effort in order to see it, to see it to, into fruition. Um, and again, success is personal. What you define as success is very personal. So it's not for anybody else to be able to tell you that you're only successful once you have achieved X, Y, and Z. Um, but a degree of, I just want to say a degree of effort is required. If you're starting a business, if you're, like Nicole saying, if you um, can't set aside time consistently to dedicate and build something, then it, it won't really take off. Um, and that doesn't mean that this, the service is not for you, that the industry is not for you, but it just means that certain things require effort and that they take time. So effort and time. And often when we see things that look easy, it's um, a culmination of somebody's passion for something um, as well as the effort and the time they've taken to grow and build and nurture that skill that has created this seeming ease in whatever business venture that they are undertaking um so i would yeah so my thing would probably just don't get confused by um seeing somebody's year five or year 10 and comparing it to your year one and thinking that oh that should be what i my my year one is going like that's how it should look like so yeah, I guess that would probably Absolutely. yeah, what I'd add to that. Um, it's, it's true. I love I love that you say that because we tend to uh, compare ourselves to other to gauge if we are successful. Mm. And so I think when it comes to uh, starting a business and following our passion, there is nobody who is starting that same business. There is nobody who has the passion that you have. So it's like trying to compare cars and helicopters, <laughs> you yeah. know. 
you can't compare two things that do not that aren't even in the same category so when it comes to these things it's very important to realize that this is an individual journey and comparing ourselves to others is not going to get us very far so just keep trusting in yourself keep trusting in your abilities because only you have the capacity to get wherever it is that you are wanting to go that's true 100% i 100% agree with that um and with that i think that comes to the end of our episode <laughs> um i wonderful yeah i think this has been lovely uh thank you so much nicole Um, thank you this has and, been great as always and thank you for everybody listening and we'll see you in the next episode bye 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 thank you for listening